I've been thinking a lot about today. I got a, a buddy that's going to come up here and we're going to talk. And I don't know how many of you think about, about Christmas and where it fits in your life. And, and I don't know how many of you, you think about all the, what you wrestle with with Christmas. You know, when you're, when you're kids, and I, and I can still name, if, if you're like me, there's still certain Christmas gifts that you received. Like, oh my gosh. You know, just, just some amazing ones. High school, when we moved, I moved from California to Durango, Colorado. And that was just like the sweetest thing ever. Because in California, my, our, our, my high school was about, I think, 3,500. And it was 10th, 11th, and 12th. So it was about 1,000 to 1,100 people in each class. And then and in the middle of Long Beach, California, and, and then I moved to Durango, and Durango's like 900 everybody, including the, the mice. And, <laughs> and I remember, you know, and, and I grew up on the beach and everything, and then I was introduced to skiing, and we got skis that year. It's like, oh. And so I was able to ditch a lot that next two years because, like, oh, no, we're sick, sick, horrible, sick, sick, bad, bad, sick. They knew what the problem was when you'd show up school the next day and you'd have raccoon eyes. I'm like, no, just a really bad, bad fever. Um, you know, as, as a parent, you remember uh, the first time you see kids open up gifts, right? And, and, and as a parent, you spend a lot of time figuring it out, and then you look back and like, I could have just wrapped up an empty box, threw something in there that made some noise, and I'd be like, Oh, that's the best thing ever, and they're all spazzing, and you just keep giving them cookies and see how fast they can run around a tree and stuff. And, um, and then, I, you know, this year, like, we, we bought gifts for my granddaughters, and it's just a, just a joy of going from, you know, parents of, of, of adults where, what are you going to give them? Cash. Sorry, I didn't mean to break that to you today. Big surprise. <laughs> My son's in the back on the board. He's crying back there. There's no red fire truck for me this year. <laughs> but amidst all the stuff, you know, and all the things that we do, and all the, 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 the conversations we have, the greatest gift that we have is Christ. Right, and I know that, and, and, and part, of, part of my dilemma as a pastor is, is like, when you hear that from a guy with a mic, he gets paid to do that. You know, it's like, it's like a, a salesman. I, go, well, you got, I mean, imagine if the pastor goes, you know, there's a lot of more things that are better than Jesus, but I want to talk about him today. I mean, it just would, it, it would be foolish and it would be not true. But, but when the pastor gets up and says, the single most important thing that I've ever done in my life, the single greatest gift I've ever opened up in my life, the single best story that I can tell my friends and my family in my life is Jesus. Come on. Yeah. What he's done, what he does, the hope that he offers, the, the, the peace that he brings, the joy that he, he embeds in our existence. And if you're like me and you read the story and you've read the story and I read it professionally and I read it as a child of God, it, it, is, it is both humbling and awe-inspiring. And even last night, and we, were, we, we had come home, we wa watched The Grinch in, in theaters. <coughs> like, well, that's, that's, it's okay. I mean, it's not like the original Grinch, but it's okay. 
ate bad popcorn and drank the soda and came home and was like, <sighs> and so we, we clipped through Christmas movies and, and we watched the, the animated uh, movie, The Star. Uh, and it, it's hilarious and my wife cries, but my wife cries at everything. <laughs> like literally everything. Like she wept at the animated Tarzan movie, so it wasn't that big of a surprise that she wept at, 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 uh, at the star. But I remember sitting there towards the end and go, this is an amazing story. God himself coming in the form of a babe because his hum he loves humanity so much that he wanted to um, figure out a way to enter into right relationship with us. And the only way he could do it is to figure out how to come back here and, and, and build a relationship with the likes of me. That's humbling, man. And so this morning, what I wanted to do is I want to bring up a friend. And, and come on up here, Brandon. You get to sit there. Everybody, okay, look, wait before, wait before you look at him. You have to smile today, man. <laughs> Especially you, Steve Sewell. Steve Sewell is a guest here for the, f no, come on in. <laughs> so I, I wanted to, I wanted you to hear a story. And we tell stories not to celebrate our past or to romanticize our, our existence, but we tell stories and we tell our existence because it points to where we are going from where we've been. That makes sense? So, scripture, if you have, if your Bibles, right? Um, oh, I got two announcements to make. Dude, you got to keep me on top here. Right here. Yeah, we're right there. We're right here. Okay. <laughs> Tonight, the Spanish service is having a posada. So that is a, a traditional uh, get-together. It starts at 4 o'clock. You're out of here by 6. So if you want to come, bring some food, hang out, eat some great food, and, and have fun. And also, those of you that are looking for a Christmas Eve service, um, Fort Collins at 4 o'clock. So you, our, our Fort Collins campus is having a candlelight service. It's not that far over there. You, you have two opportunities to start and get Starbucks on the way out. You'd be okay. So you can stop at the interstate, and then you can stop at Harmony. And when you go past Harmony, you can find their campus. It's a great time. We want to support those guys. So those are the, those are the two big, big things. Isaiah tells us that for, to us, a child is born. And to us, a son is given. A son is is given. Jesus of Christ, born in a manger, given to all of us. Given to all of us. And so, what I want to talk about, there you go, it's a nice smile, um, is you and I have talked a bunch of times, and if you haven't noticed uh, Brandon's artwork, he's the guy that's done all the painting up and down in the children's check-in area. So, so he's a talented guy, but even more so. Uh, thank you, you're too kind. They never apologize. Did you guys like the, the draft set that I had to beforehand? It was like up there for just a little bit. That, that was a joy to paint up there. <laughs> so, so along with his art, he has an amazing story and I, I want you to hear it. And, and, and so we'll, we'll start from, from just, why don't you just start and tell us kind of what you have done and, and kind of where you started in life. Okay. Oh, well, shoot, where would I start with my life would be, first off, I wasn't a very 
religious person whenever I, as I was growing up. Uh, Jesus Christ wasn't introduced to me in my life until I was 30 years old. Okay. I was 30 years old. Uh, in that 30 years, trying to find a purpose, trying to find what is truth, uh, trying to find some kind of guidance. I found that actually in the streets. I found that in, uh, I found that in meth. I was a meth addict for a long time. It's one of the hardest things I ever could come out of. I, I tried myself. I could not do it myself. Uh, so as a teenager, you're in and out? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and if anybody knows the meth life, um, it's not just meth, actually. It's just all kinds of drugs, just drugging myself out, uh, trying to escape my own confusions, I think, and uh, my own shame. So you spend a lot of time locked up? Yeah, in and out of jail, Okay. in and out of uh, facilities. I cried out for help to uh, rehabs. I spent a couple, uh, couple about six months stints in uh, inpatient rehab centers. Okay. Uh, trying to get off of drugs and alcohol. Trying to uh, straighten up my life. So by yourself, you're you're kind of trying to figure life out, going in and out, con you know, constantly trying but but failing and then at 25 what happened well at 25 let's see that's whenever I had my uh, my first child I was blessed with a daughter at 25 um, I'm 42 now um, I was blessed with a son two years after that um, had a had a lot of confusion in that time too you know I wanted to be a parent but my lifestyle wouldn't allow that to, to happen. My lifestyle would not allow me to be a good parent to my kids. But you still wanted, I mean, like any, any dad, you still wanted to protect them. And then you told me, so you had a daughter? Yes. Name? Her name's Tracy. And a son? His name's Walker. We call him Walter. Walter? <laughs> Is Walter in the back? Walter's in the back. Say, hey, Walter! <laughs> His real name's Walker, though. Uh, just, we just do that to tease him. <laughs> Walker, you have anything to say? No, I ain't gonna do that. So then, you, then, so then at, at so, so 25, and then at 28, you got some some really tragic tragic news and, and some information that 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 kind of that kind of changed the course of your life in a little bit. That seems to be like uh, when my path did actually change was um, uh, I got news. You know, friends of mine had told me that. Uh, that the man that, uh, there was a man that was with my Your ex? Kids, uh, okay. kids' mom. At that time, we weren't together. Uh, they, had told, they had told me that the guy that she was with was a pedophile and that he was, uh, that he was a molester of, of, of children and he, was, and he was trying to molest my children. And then you? Uh, oh boy. Well, of course, kind of running that kind of lifestyle. I was running kind of a rougher lifestyle. I just took, I took the law in my own hands and uh, I stole vehicles. So stealing a vehicle and getting a ride out there was nothing. Um, I, I armed myself with a baseball bat and I went to go kill that guy. Actually, I went to go, I was gonna end his life. So you landed in prison? Uh, yes, I did. Um, <clears throat> again, this time uh, I was actually facing first-degree assault charges. Uh, I didn't actually kill the guy, 
Um, but your original sentence was like 40 plus? That's where they start you out. Oh okay. man, they started me out with attempted murder because uh, uh, with assault with a deadly weapon with an intent to kill. It was all the evident there. Um, so it kind of scared me with the 48. Uh, then if anybody knows anything about jail, you kind of sit in jail. Uh, it takes about six months for you to go through your court proceedings. Okay. And you're waiting in there as you're going through. So about two months in, uh, they make me a plea, you know, hey, take 25, you know, we'll give you 25. I'm like, well, thank you, but no, you know, uh, yeah. I go ahead and <laughs> um, ended up getting pleaded down to uh, a five to 15 year sentence. Uh, as it turned out, they they were going to let me plead to a second degree assault. Um, I ended up getting eight years sentence okay. that day. Uh, you know, uh, may not have just been that charge that needed to get me in jail because um, I lived life kind of that deserved that anyway. Okay. So, was, uh, so, so let me let me let me address something to you guys. All right, so 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 when we when we hear lives like this, there's a there's a tendency at time to focus on 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 the story pre Christ. Right there's this man. Look at look at Brandon. Look at what Brandon's gone through. Look at what Brandon did. Brandon banged. Brandon drug addict. Brandon tried to kill a guy. Brandon. 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 And yet this the, the the reason why we're up here is not that. The reason why we just told that story is to give you an idea. Right, because when we talk about Christmas and we talk about Christ, there are, there are many times it's like if Christ is this gift. Right, we read Isaiah. A son is given. The, the most difficult thing is not what, what for, for, the most difficult thing for many of us that might find ourselves in here is to come to the realization that you have the opportunity to open up that gift. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter how far you fall, right? no matter how far you fall, that gift of Jesus is still under the tree in a sense waiting for you to open. And so it's important that you hear that from me because I know that that's his heart. And one of the tensions that we had when we were talking is like, and we don't want to celebrate the stupid. Yeah, that was the shameful. Actually, that I lived with that shame. I couldn't get out of it. Oh, and I think that's why, honestly, I, I uh, shoot, tried to commit suicide multiple times. Shame was just. So you had so so you go in for looking at eight or seven, eight seven years. This is the this is the longest stretch you've done. Where were you in your faith at that point in time? At that time, actually, shoot, I didn't uh, I didn't have any faith. I didn't know who Jesus was. I knew what Jesus was by the billboards, by friends trying to, you know, tell me, you know, but I wasn't going to listen. Um, you know, I'm about 28, 29 years old at that time, and I still didn't grasp it. Uh, but I was in, whenever I was in my, uh, in my cell there, it was about the fourth month sitting there waiting. Uh, I'd actually got to, uh, experienced something that was amazing actually it was so amazing it was uh it was just a church service there in the county jail you know it was just a simple service it was uh it was offered to me by somebody there and i decided to go and that's whenever i heard that jesus did die for me and that he would meet me right there 
in that, in, that, in that jail and me, being a drug addict, being violent. I'm a violent offender now, uh, doing violent offense. I serve all my parole. I do a... Uh, so the first time you heard the gospel message was, was, was in county? Was in county, yes. Okay. And uh, it's just, it was just one service, but it seemed to click. It was something about that service, actually, that, uh, that clicked and that I was looking for, and it just fed me. Um, I went back to my cell after the service. I found, uh, found myself getting kind of worked up. I decided to go, go take a shower, wash it off. And I just fell to my knees in the shower. I just fell. And I had to hold myself up. Uh, and I just saying. And it was a it was like a relieving cry. It was a cry that uh that helped me release that uh I don't know what it was released, but it was Jesus. And it was the answer that I needed. It was what I was looking for all that time. So what changed? Right? I mean you still so so one of the things that strikes me and one of the things that I have, I, at, at times, I get frustrated with people. It's like they, they, they accept Christ and their situation doesn't change, but their perception changes. Yeah. Right? So it's like you're still in, it's not like God, air, you didn't play yeah. Paul, you didn't get airlifted out of lockup. Just all of a sudden, yeah. You're still I in made prison. A decision, yeah. But you know Jesus. I do know What's Jesus. the difference pre and post? All right, well, pre Jesus, which would be before. <laughs> Thank you. Just to clear that up. <laughs> I'm going to bring you up here next week because there's times I need explanation. I was ashamed of my life. I was ashamed of what I was doing. I, was, uh, I didn't care about people. I didn't care about my kids. I didn't care about my, my, uh, my wife's my wife at that time. She wasn't my wife. She's my girlfriend, the mother of my children. And... Uh, I didn't, I didn't care about anybody. I cared about what I needed, what I, what I was going to do. And the difference between that and now, actually it happened at that time in that, sh that shower. I started going to church. I was hooked actually after that. I was like, there's, I found some kind of answer there that was so deep that it actually drew me into this, the next few church services. And uh, started seeing people. And then I started reevaluating what... I had caused people in their lives with the destruction that I had done, with the things that I've stole, the people I beat, with the drugs that I had ran, the stores I had robbed. Uh, I'd actually started evaluating that. And I started seeing their pain that I'd caused them. And I started seeing the effects of that that I'd done to them. And just knowing that and having Jesus by my side allowed me to face that actually with a confidence Amen. to be able to fix that and to, and to so, allow that so to change. So it, it wasn't, you weren't condemned, you were convicted. I was convicted. Okay, Could you, how would you Before explain I the difference? Before I was condemned, I was heavily burdened with, with I was condemned of, of everybody pointing their finger at me and I just put up a wall. So you were like defined by that and every time that you were reminded of what you've done, just more weight was placed on you. Is that, is yeah, that a fair kind of deal? Just more and more, yeah, just okay. piled up. And then the difference that you experienced, even though you faced what happened, what was the difference that you experienced? Uh, the difference was actually being able to see both sides that was happening. I think uh, God revealed to me 
not just through his word, but, but through reading it and allowing, and allowing myself to, to be told that I was doing wrong and that I'm a sinner and that I needed a savior and being able to confess that I'd done that stuff. That was, uh, that was the difference. And I could never confess that I'd done wrong. I could never, you know, every, everything I'd done, I couldn't, I couldn't admit to it. That, that would mean that I was wrong. I didn't want to be wrong. So you you were in you were you were in prison for seven years as a Christian. Actually, I only did five years. You did five, okay. Uh, honestly, I had a thirst for the Lord after that. Uh, it it caught on strong with me. Okay. Uh, and you got out, was, right? And you and we talked about this. We got out, and, and both of us have had friends, and I've I've hired a bunch, and and we've both had relationship with people that that there's that cycle. Right, you yeah. you go in, you go out, you go. I've in, been you go in that out. cycle actually yeah. my whole life. So how how do you, how do you think? So so here's the other thing. It's like sometimes when we hear these stories, you're like, well, that's I've never done prison, but we've all been in our own lockup, right? We've all been, we've all we've all cycled through things. We've 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 come in, come out, come in, come out. What do you think the difference was for you where you broke that cycle? Uh, actually, it wasn't me that broke that cycle. It was Jesus. Amen. It was. Uh, it was allowing myself to, to be taught by him on how okay. to treat people. Um, I ran into my friends at the parole office and honestly running, to, running in with drugs and guns and violent people. I knew a lot of those people. That's who, that's who I hung out with. So whenever I was in prison, I, that's who I hung out with. And I like ran into those people like on a, multiple occasions. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have a desire to hang with them no more. Really, I couldn't sit and talk with them no more. For one, I felt like they, we weren't on the same level anymore. Uh, and whenever I got out going to the parole office, I had one of my best friends run into me, and he'd gotten out too. Uh, tried to hand me his number. I'm like, no, nah, I don't need that, actually. I don't need that, because I'm not going to call you. I got, you know, I got a whole different path to go. Uh, just making that, that, that's what broke that cycle, I think. So you've experienced this, and this is the testimony. That God gave us eternal life. And this life is in His Son, and whoever has the Son has life. Yes. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Another one that says, He who the Son sets free. Is free indeed. Free indeed. Free indeed. Yeah. And I've been off parole for... I've, I did, of course, all three years of parole, down to the date. <laughs> I did everything right, passed all my UAs. Uh, I've been off parole now for... For about, what is it, about four years now. Uh, I bought a house. I've gotten custody of my children. So this is where the Lord has blessed me Amen. afterwards. Yes. Is uh, just the change of thought has actually delivered the life that I, I think I wanted in my heart the whole time. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to raise my children and I wanted to have a wife that I loved, you know, and that loves me. Yeah. You know, and that's her over there. <laughs> My children are doing great. Uh, just so, it's just so nice just actually seeing that kind of stuff. That's the joy that the Lord has actually restored to me. You know, He's, He will restore what the devil has taken away. So, right, so, so, so we, we've talked about gifts, right? So at my house, if you're with me at my house, we'd have already had biscuits and gravy because you know Jesus eats biscuits and gravy on Christmas morning. <laughs> Good cup of coffee. 
Right, and there's this amazing gift for all of us to open under the tree given by God himself in the form of his son Jesus. So like if you could tell us three things that you discovered since you accepted Christ, what, what, would, those, what would those three things be? Oh, well, for one, that God does love me. I thought God hated me for 30 years. Walk me through, walk me through that. Uh, but because sometimes, like if you're in church, right? If you're, I mean, you, you, you pay attention, but some of these people, they, they sometimes are like, there's really no scores to check now because the Broncos are done, Cowboys are you know, yeah. like, so. Future glory is open and present, yeah. right? <laughs> but what's the, when you say you're loved and you spent 30 years not being loved, what did, what did that change? Well, for one, just my desire to go on, I think, you know, that's where the hope was restored was. Uh, so it gave you hope for your future. It gave me hope for a future, you know. I'd already seen the end of that life. I'd seen it my whole, you know, for 30 years. I, I already, everybody knows the end of that life. It's not good. Man. So even, even without, even without a, a working knowledge of, of Jesus, of God, if you and I met each other before that, you would be able, you, you would have, what would you have said, where would your life been going? Uh, before Jesus? Yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't be here, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I proved that. Uh, for two, I wouldn't have my, my children, get one getting ready to graduate, the other one getting ready to drive. We should pray for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of scary, actually. <laughs> I already had one. Go ahead. Uh, she's getting ready to graduate. She's got her car out, oh, man. That's that awesome. Was a whole different thing. <laughs> so, so number one, you you would tell us, you would tell this, you tell our friends that God loves you. Yeah. And if God loves you, God loves us. If He could God. love me, yeah, that's all, that, that's what I think I learned is that if He could love me, He would love anybody. You know, yeah. it's uh, that He's got that He would He will meet us where we are. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're in a forest and you're in a cage. I was in a cage for a long time, and uh, he I, got, you there. I got cornered, and that's what yeah. I did. He kind of gently cornered me, like put me in a corner, got me by myself. Whenever he got me by myself, he was able to talk to me. He was able to move my heart, Man. and he gently turned me around so I could see him. So in the midst of, of, of great loss and great conflict, God showed up. Yes. And in the midst of that showing up, he didn't, he didn't smack you in the head going, hey, stupid. He, he, he really loved you. He it reached was, as a It son. wasn't what I thought I deserved. Yeah. Of course, I deserved what they, we deserved death. I deserved to be punished. But whenever he turned me around, I just des found out I just deserved to be loved by Jesus. Amen. What's the second thing? And the second thing uh, that I've looked forward to that I can see. Yeah. Which, in fact, if you're going to tell these guys, like if, if we're like, man, dude, you don't want to miss that gift. Right? Yeah. If you don't want to miss that gift. It's the greatest gift in, in the world. Right. So, so, one, if you open up that gift, man, you get to experience God's love. Yeah. One. That's profound. And for two, you get... What's a two? You get to experience forgiveness. Yeah. Come on. I, get to, I got to feel like an actual person that was forgiven and that I could move, that I could move on. One more time, I was forgiven. Yeah. And that's what I felt like. I felt forgiven. I felt that weight lifted because it's heavy. It's a heavy, heavy, heavy bag. And it does. It's, uh, I actually feel blessed to be up here telling anybody that because uh, that was the greatest gift I could have opened up on Christmas. It wasn't even Christmas. It was um, 
It was July 6th. It's your Christmas, buddy. <laughs> right? Christmas comes all Independence different Day. <laughs> Independence Day. Amen. Amen. So when you talk about, about being forgiven, you, t you know, it's like we're no longer slaves. Yeah. What, what was that like for the first time you like turned around and it's like, man, you know, that you're, that you're not walking spiritually hunched over, that you're not walking con condemned, that you're not walking hated, mm -hmm. self-hatred. And then, and then what you, I would imagine perceived everybody else in the world thinks, what was it like to wake up and go, oh my God, he forgives me? It's, it was enough to bring me to my knees. I cried. It was, um, it was relief. It was, um, it was decompression. Explain that to me. It was, um, it was like a weight lifted. Okay. It was um, is what I've been searching for. Yeah, a future. It was. It was just. Just so many different ways I could say it. It's just relief. Yeah. You know, like you say, not being condemned, being able to live forward, and look forward into my life. So. Like, right, where, 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 where guys are going, that gift ain't for me. It's like, no, man, you got to open up because you're going you're gonna to be loved. Yeah. And that, that, that in and of itself. And then that not guy, only are you going to be loved, you're going to be forgiven. And yeah. that, that weight comes off. Honestly, that's like one of the, that's a great thing actually to have. I, I'd never experienced that either. It's like my parents, I didn't feel like loved me. I didn't feel like my friends really loved me. They loved the dope I brought over to their house. You know, but they, uh, to actually be loved yeah. was... Um, for you. For me, right? actually. Not for what you did, not for what you could do, not for what you yes, brought. Yes, unconditionally. He, but for you. And, and he met me while I was still a sinner. Mm. He met me while I was still convicted. He actually met me right in that. I was like in the middle of it. He said, ah, just turn around. So hear that, man, right? I mean, because sometimes re religiosity builds a separation between God and man. Sin is an existent biblical precedent that, that with sin, we are separated from God. But then high religious folks get involved and they're like, oh, no, no, man, you better, you better clean up. You better, get, you, better, you better get off the drugs. You better shower, put your best suit on. And do and that then, before. Right, and then, yeah, before <laughs> everything happens. And yet your experience was like, man, right in the middle of it. Yeah. Okay. I went in my dirty rags. I went in my in my in my jailhouse blues. Actually, they were orange at that time because I was a felon. <laughs> okay, so you're loved. You're forgiven. What's the last thing you tell them? Uh, that we're loved, and that all actually that all life is precious. That each and every one of us is precious in His sight, and our potential to uh, be used by God is what's precious. You know that we could change lives and and love somebody. You know. And that we could, that we could uh, just be, be good people, you mm -hmm. know. I didn't want you know. It's like I was able to love somebody. Yeah. So what's it like now, telling someone about Jesus? Actually, uh, I could say that I didn't see myself here uh, ten years ago, but I feel like it's an honor to be able to tell people that I where I've been. I'm very open about my life. I'm very open about what I've done. For one, that God will use that to talk to people. Yeah. And that He'll use that. And that, that that's just an honor to be used by God. On, to, to tell people that God loves you. 
and that God has a plan for you and that God will change your life and that he'll change your heart and that he will that he will that he'll be there by your side through your worst times you know I just gotta let him be there and I'm, and he's just more than happy to be there for us you see a condemned guy can never do that a condemned woman can never do that you see someone someone that doesn't experience forgiveness can never never stand up here and not be owned by your backstory right someone that someone that does not understand what it is to be forgiven is never set free enough to talk mm. there's always that there's like there's oh man, way, man. Yeah, yeah there's just that that, that burden I don't that, believe what I'm saying yeah or, or right shame now. right where yeah. you're like how can I talk to these because of we're, all, what? we're all people. Amen. 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 And we're all in the same boat. We're here on planet Earth. Right, and, and that's what that's what we're about here. And, and the reason I wanted to 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 have our Christmas message this is because I think it, it profoundly illustrates the joy of Christmas. It profoundly illustrates like I when when we were started to talk and I'm like, man, dude, we gotta hear your story. It wasn't, it wasn't to, to be awe or enamored by, and this guy's an ex-con, he's going to be standing up, and hey, 23 Church has got this guy up here. And, but the reason I wanted them to hear your story is because, because for many of us, we struggle with unwrapping the fullness of the gift that God offers us in Christ Jesus. We might crack it open. We might even show up in church. But if you're here this morning and you're like, man, I'm here and I had no idea that this was going to happen on church. I thought we were going to pass out candy canes. <laughs> it still can happen. Like, yeah. <laughs> you never know here at 23. <laughs> but you're here. You're here because you need to hear that you have the opportunity to be forgiven. That you have the opportunity to be loved, mm. and that you have the opportunity to discover for yourself that the life you live and the life of those around you is precious in His sight. Yes, all of us. And so, what I wanted to do so at this point in time, the pastor, you'd go sit down because you know it's, that's how things roll. And and yet, I thought this morning it would be amazing if 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 you would pray for us, and if God lays it on your heart that. That you lead us in prayer, and 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 again, that'd be an honor. Yeah, so 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 you roll, buddy. You you do what God's placed on your heart. Oh, yes, yes, Father, oh holy and gracious one, you're so loving and so kind, so gentle. I'd like to pray that uh, that you continue to move in our lives, and that you continue to move our hearts, and that you bring us closer to one another. And help us realize that it's okay to love each other. And it's okay to, to carry each other's burdens. And that it's okay Amen. to find and accept that love that Jesus has for us. And accept that and hold it like so tight that just you, it just gives you a thirst to find out why he did and who he is. And that, that who God is and why would he do all this just for us. Just for us, you know, and that 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 we just thirst on that, and we feed on that, because that'll be like the food of the spirit and of the soul. And I just pray that the Holy Spirit will come down upon us and just 
and just give us that peace and that forgiveness that uh, yeah. that we that we don't deserve, but He gives so freely, and it is available. And Lord, just just help us hold on to that, because because we would like to, sometimes we like to put it down, sometimes we like to go put it on the on the on the on the couch or on the on the mantle or go put it back up where the books belong. But I pray that uh, that we just that that thirst is revived in us, and that thirst and knowledge of God is just just kindled and burned, and burns hot inside of us. And uh, I just pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, man, He's here this morning. He's here this morning. Scripture tells us that we're two or more gathered, so is he in our midst. And he's here not to condemn, not to throw hate, not to beat up, not to remind you of the past, but to point you forward to a future that is just so profoundly beautiful. And maybe now, just, just right now, and, and if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, I want to, I want to give you some, some privacy. But I want us all to just enter into a moment of prayer. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, if that, that gift of grace has sat under the tree for as long as you've lived, and you've never thought about unwrapping it, and that's really what salvation is. Salvation is a freely accepting of, the, of, of, of grace that God has given. Salvation is acknowledging the fact that you have screwed up. And if that shocks you, we all have that t-shirt in our drawer. We've all fallen short of God's glory. Every single one here, from the youngest to the oldest, from the guy that gets paid to be a pastor to the person that'll turn wrenches on Monday, to the stay-at-home mom, to the retired person, everybody's fallen short of his glory. And yet, the free gift of salvation still sits underneath the tree. All you've got to say is, man, can I open that? 